Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. Hello, Otterites, this is episode 164. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis, sitting in the captain's chair over here, the comfy captain's chair, I must say, here at Studio F. Uh, this Why is... were you suddenly doing an English accent? Because we are talking about, this is our first Philosopher's episode. No, it's not. Uh, well, in, in, in this, this series. In this series. I yes. was, you cut me off, so I was going there. Uh, we, we kind of come up with the idea, you know, we did Voltaire back in the day. We had a blast doing that one. We actually did it for two episodes. And we've, we've talked to a few we others. Nietzsche we've and Nietzsche and, 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 we've, and mm-hmm. uh, other things. We says, we really need to just devote some serious time and effort to... Well, I said that months ago. I know. Like, yeah, we, we don't want to do that. No, we didn't say that. Yes, you did. Yes, we did. Yes, that was... No, no, that was... That's right. Yes, But I think it's a great idea. Now that it's no longer my idea, it's a good idea. Under under the banner of our heroes, we're going to undertake... Examining people you should know segment. People yes, you should know. Philosophers. So this is great philosophers. Of, is yeah, this, this is, is part of mutating the our heroes into people you should know, famous figures, fascinating faces, whatever we end up calling it. Uh, additionally, um, I have taken a unilateral, enlightened, despot decision to name all of the episodes after lines from the Monty Python Bruce's Philosopher's Song. Yes, he did. That is correct. So officially, this episode is Thomas Hobbes was fond of his dram. Right, because that's because he's he's stealing from uh, from Monty, as right. we often do. Yes, uh, because well, Emmanuel hey, Kent was a real pissant who was very rarely stable. High digger, high digger was a boozy beggar. You think you under the table? David Hume could out consume Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel. And Wittgenstein was a beery swine who was just as lost as Schlegel. There's nothing Nietzsche couldn't teach about the raising of the riz. Socrates himself was permanently pissed. John Stuart Mill of his own free will after half a pint of shandy was particularly ill. Plato, they say, could stick it away. Half a crate of whiskey every day. Aristotle, Aristotle was fond of the... Oh, oh no, no, he screwed up. He, he, he's thrown out at home plate, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. You just, you had me that. I was... Almost there. I, almost there. That's right. Uh, uh, that was, was so fun. Hobbes was fond of his dram. And rainy day cart was a drunken fart. I drink, therefore I am. Yes, Socrates himself is particularly missed. A lovely little thinker, but a bugger when he's pissed. I'm loving it. We, we bow to you, sir. Yes, sir. Andy, yes, sir. I love the Bruce's Philosopher song. It's, that's, a, that's a great It's fantastic. One. That's kind of, that, that's, it's kind of what, uh, you know, all of us have come to the idea, you know, we should do this. So we're, we're kind of going chronological here. We didn't pick every one of them, but we've picked what we think. We all had input on, you know, who's, who made them. And we the picked list. some that aren't in the song. So that's great. That may be some of the episode titles too. Right, it didn't have didn't have one. <laughs> this one's not in the song. <laughs> but in many respects, I mean, we, and we could have started lots of places. I will, I will lay this down. These are modern philosophers. Modern being Descartes forward. That's how it was when I went yeah. when I went through philosophy school. That was how they did it. It was you've got ancient, you've got medieval, and you got modern. And modern starts with Descartes, which we're not doing, although we might one day. Uh, we're kind of skipping forward, uh, skipping a bit, brother, as I said, and we're uh, moving just a slight bit forward in time, and we're starting with Thomas Hobbes, the English philosopher. Because most of his philosophy, if you listen to the last episode, of course, you figured out it's about government. It's about good government and what government should be. It's also about, as all philosophy is, about the nature of humanity 
and where all that lies up. Yeah. And we'll that's eat. the natural place you have to end up when you're talking about what is the nature of man. Okay, well, once you decide that, then how do you govern man? That's exactly right. All of that is, and, and we're, we're speaking from a practical standpoint, we're speaking from a theoretical standpoint, we're speaking from a contextual standpoint. Well, yes, and the context needs to be laid out because this is Very extremely important. So. You know, he's born in 1588. He is uh, coming of age at a time when there's a great deal of strife in England between the king and parliament, and ultimately the king loses... Because it, you know, misplaces it somehow. His head. You love and that. I do. I, love I, that, I love that. That, that, that uh, little uh, and spoonerism. And, and so yeah. he ends up spending a good deal of the the time of Cromwell in England or in France, uh, where he uh, uh, many of the royalists go, and uh, he becomes part of that circle and writes Leviathan there. So that that king versus parliament. Yeah. Strife is is very important to his political philosophy. Yeah. He has come of age during the time of of mostly Charles the first, somewhat yes. James the first. I mean, he's born during the time of Elizabeth, uh, which was a very stable time. Well, he was born when the Spanish Armada was coming. That's right. His his mom went into labor uh, when she heard they were coming. Apparently, oh my God, the Spaniards are coming! Oh, let's have the baby. Yes. Uh, well, and he said that his mother gave birth to twins, him and fear. And that, and yeah, beautifully put. That yeah, great exactly, wit. Yes, he, yeah, he, he actually yeah, did. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I love. I'm I'm a Hobbesian, not necessarily in philosophy wise, but I love the guy because he was like so many philosophers. He was so clear on his understanding and his speech, whether or not he's full of shit or not, as we've said a lot and will continue to say a lot. Yeah, that's something we we, we got to appreciate the the humor and the wit because he, he had he, he was had not, that. He's not some dour. Puritan guy. We'll save that for Immanuel Kant. He was yes. he was definitely not. Uh, but this guy here, he understood he, things. You're right. I mean, he grow he does grow up in a time of great stability, and then sees that ripped apart. And yes. that is something that we all should be able to take some some understanding from. Is we have to make sense of this terrible, difficult world that we are that we have lived through. He's a survivor by definition. He's yeah. made it through all yeah. this. A, a, again, a royalist uh, who ends up in France. Some of this is survivor's guilt. I think it's like oh, we yeah. survived. How the hell did we do that? And how the hell do we make sure this never happens again? That's a, so much. In, you know, as regards to his backstory, that that ultimately, as with so many philosophers, that trauma, that societal trauma, basically the world changed forever. His world, you know. Honestly, that may be what they were thinking, but honestly, I'm having a hard time sitting here thinking other than, well, you're all just a bunch of wankers, because... Wanker. Very British. Yes, word. exactly. I like that. That's very good. Uh, because, really, yeah, Civil War is always bad. Always. Yes, right. Uh, but civil, the Civil War back then was, it's not like it laid waste to the entire country. You're correct. It's, he, see, and, British he, Civil Wars never really did that. And that's that's kind of the irony of it. You know, you think you know war, dude. Why don't you come to 1940 or 1914 and we'll show you effing right. war. Let's go to the Somme and talk about it. That's exactly. That's uh, but totally so this whole idea. in Petersburg. Right. Even well, that, the crater. They, yeah. yeah. They wouldn't oh, my even. gosh. We could get Gettysburg itself yeah. or, you know, uh, so Waterloo. I mean, come on. The And what where I'm going with that is that, you know, yeah, there may have been some form of survivor's guilt. But honestly, I think that's, that's a stuffed shirt notion of it because... I don't, yeah, the people you support losing power, sure, that's traumatic, and doing it so, you know, where the king is, is as king, beheaded, yeah. is never deposed, um, you know, yeah, that could throw your understanding of the world upside down, but if that's trauma, 
Come on. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, yeah, I mean, he's living in a from, from his and perspective, he goes to Paris, a relatively cushy exile in Paris, as the math tutor of of the surviving royals. Right. I mean, how traumatic? I mean, if that's trauma, you know, it sounds like a vacation to me. Yeah, get over yourself, Hobbs. Right. <laughs> now, Martin is one who is not so. I don't want to say I'm enamored with Hobbes, but I have great respect, and I think he's one of the greatest thinkers that we've ever produced. Because he he'd be a great thinker and still full of shit. Well, I'm not denying that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's and a, I'm, that's I just think we are more likely to, to be pointing that out. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say Martin is one who's been uh, uh, sh- sharpening his his razor knife over here on his strap, yes. as we've talked about him in the last episode. We talked about his quotations, uh, but I think Martin, you come from, and you'll freely admit this. I know a very American perspective. Yeah, it's, and it, it for is an American, and that's kind of what yeah. one of the things we're talking about. For American, this is almost like. Who the F is that? Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's, well, that's part of the reason fought, why we bring him up. Well, that's right, right. because we fought a war against that I, that type of idea. But yes. we don't recognize the fact that that idea held sway for so long. And yeah. I think why it did deserves some scrutiny. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. You know, we, from a historian's perspective it, and, and a philosopher's it's perspective. It's an acknowledgement that, yes, I'm a product of what I know. And in the same way, he's a product of what he knew. He knew stability... He knew that stability then shredded and ripped apart. He blamed the parliamentarians for ripping that stability apart. And, and yeah, there's no question. The royalists, yeah. And, you know, he's a product of that milieu. Oh, Ooh, nice word. That nice word. word. Oh, you did it. You went to one of those great words. Well, that deserves a drink, so I think I'll have a drink. Let's not drink today. Yeah. 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 Milieu. I write that some of our favorite words. Milieu. Hubris. Hubris, yes. That's pathos. A lot. Pathos is pathos another. Pathos is another. We have, we have our favorite words that come out. Usually they're coming out of Martin's ass, but that's okay. <laughs> We're all right with that. And uh, then hookers and blow. And well, then hookers and blow. blow. <laughs> Skip a bit, brother. But really, uh, Hobbes is seen, I think, as kind of the prototypical beginnings of let's talk about systems of government. Because if you think yeah, about yeah. it from a modern with, from a modern right, philosopher's right, right. perspective, it's one that's why he chose him. For the modernist, he is a starting point. He's on a starting system point because government. Descartes was not interested in any of that. Yeah. I mean, right, should... he was in you know that whole "I think, therefore I am." That was exploration of consciousness and identity and, and all of that. And that which yeah. is a great story. We probably I should have done our Descartes. We may one day, but most of our our interest, I think, and maybe I'm speaking. Please correct me when I get this out. Is we res- we find meaning in the larger picture of humanity, less so on the individual. I don't know. I, I think the whole I think therefore I am is well worthy of a, a oh, oh, bullshitting no. session of our own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, which should... is what we call the, another term for snakes and otters. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> exactly. Uh, it's a pointless discussion of eternal questions. That's right. Yeah, and, and uh, that you don't get much more eternal than that. Right. That's why Descartes he'll he'll make an yeah. appearance at some point because. Uh, yeah, the individual is important because every group is made up of individuals. That's right. And, you know, whether you come at it from the group side or the individual side, you, you got to understand a little bit of both. Well, you know, we, we enshrine, we, as in the three of us, enshrine that individual liberty, rights, uh, dignity, sanctity, all that stuff. That's, a, that's one of the basis and foundations of what we talk about. Right. And unlike, and this is why I come down on these guys are so full of shit so many times, whether it's yeah. Voltaire or Hobbes. Yeah. And that is that we aren't locked into this one way of looking at things like Hobbes is. That's right. And yeah. or even Voltaire. So you you find 
philosopher is very deterministic. Um, that, that once they've decided that this is the nature oh, yes. of humanity, then here's where it goes forward to, regardless of where that well, forward that, point well, is. Well, that's teleological. Yeah. yeah. So that's exactly what that is. It's yeah. going and towards the ultimate end. Right. They're locked into that one point of view, and they can only see the good of their point of view not where it's going to go yeah, wrong. Well, not even where it could go wrong. They're, they're, where it will go that's wrong. That's right. They're not They're not thinking teleological. They're not thinking about the end game. Right. They, they, they don't care. Because they're thinking about this even looks... Thomas More with yeah. his utopia. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's stopping at the good. That's right. So, you know, as much as we admire and love a man like More, yeah. he's stopping at the good. And we all recognize... And partially, it's, you know, in hindsight, because we've seen... The results of so many of these philosophies applied, yeah. and so we can see that. Yes, that we right. We get to see how, the it, how it worked or did not uh, work. What someone's definition of perfection in utopia was meant: twenty million peasants starving to death. Well, in, in right. fairness to Moore, and I think you guys know this, of course, that was a satire. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> the whole thing was saying this can't I mean, be. But that's whole. That's the whole beginning of oh, yeah. of that uh, that type of philosophy. Oh yes, uh, Swift. Uh, oh, Jonathan Swift who probably deserves some time with us too. By the way, uh, uh, stole from Moore's Utopia, not in concept, but at least in theory and approach. You know, this yeah. is he's a, he's probably the greatest English satirist that's ever been. Well, he owes lots of roots to Moore and other people yeah. that did it before. So, you know, the, we are not locked into that single point of view that that so many of the philosophers we discuss yeah. are, and. You know, so we rec- as you said, you know, we can see how the enlightened despot of Hobbes leads to the twenty million peasants starving in the nineteen thirties and forties. And sure. we've uh, actually had a living laboratory, a historical laboratory, to say, well, Hobbes, you, tr- it was tried, and here's where it didn't work. Right. And it, to me, it, to us, it comes to the point where that it, well, we knew it would never work. Well. Yeah. Well, we can't say we knew we it would never say work. That. We but, can't say that. But I think we understood that intrinsically it's not going to work. Yeah. And it's that's not, be, it's that's, not just that's because we saw it. That's the great flaw of political discourse in today's society, you know, where the, you know, that the famous, well, we haven't had real socialism or real socialism has never the, been the tried. right people have not really done it. Right. And, all that. and you know, the person who values liberty stands athwart that saying... Athwart history and saying, stop. Stop. No, it's not that it's not been tried. It's fundamentally flawed and will fail, period, no matter who tries it or what they do. And, right. and can say why. See, there's yes. there's the issue is, and of course there's yes. that comes to the great disagreements in these arguments, is... There is a fundamental reason underneath that why it will fail pronouncement that the other side disagrees with. And it usually goes back, my opinion here, to the fundamental understanding of humanity. Which is why they... See, I was just going to say that it's the, you know, I would go back to, you know, my uh, uh, first principle of governance and anything else is the inherent dignity of the human person. That's correct. But... Who gets to define what that inherent dignity is, or who what a human person is, or what a human which, person is? You know, we're so about even when right you now. go to what I think is the most core thing, which everybody should agree on, should but they don't. They don't. Well, so they even really, the most fundamental principle of governance 
is not agreed upon. That's exactly right. And that's one of the reasons why Although they, a lot of the stuff just can't work. So, some yeah, people would say that they, they all do agree on that, uh, prima facie, as it's spoken, but they make... Exceptions, exceptions. yes. They define those words differently. As yes. In what is a human being? What is dignity? What is sanctity? Yes. Adam's baby in the womb is not a human being worth living. That's exactly it. As I was say, that's that's kind of where we're at at the, yeah. At the yeah. moment. Yeah. The current yeah. zeitgeist. Ding ding ding! We should drink today because that's another one. That's another one. Another word. That's right. Right. Oh my god! If we do the drinking game for all the words we like, we're going to be drunks by the end of the episode. It might make for the best episodes possible. I'm so, thinking. yeah. So, anyways, we like to pull in the little bits and pieces that we think can work. And one of these days, I think this is one of the reasons why I want us to write books. Yeah. Because. I think at the end of the day, the Stakes and Otters philosophy of X will be a series of books of governance. <laughs> of bestsellers. Uh, of, right. uh, obviously, Poli- bestsellers. Political thought, absolutely. Yes. Because we've got... we've Because t- we've, we're going to synthesize all of these different things. And, and, and evaluate and distill that which is good, because we're really good at that, I think. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And distilling what is good, because even Hobbes... He's got a lot of good ideas here because yes, he because his one of his core beliefs is society must be ordered in order to be safe and in, yes. and in okay. order to be yes. and in order to, how do you achieve that safety and, and, uh, and safety by itself is not necessarily an end goal but it is a necessary condition. Call it peace if you wish. Right, because if, because prosperity only comes in the in the, yeah, safety in that milieu. Safety allows you to exercise your liberty. Where again, from my perspective, liberty is the top goal. Right, but, but it presumes that, a lot of other things. Right, how do you how do you? Hops would say it's meaningless without, without safety, the, without the ordered uh, society that allows you to exercise your liberty. And Hobbes was very clear. He. Uh, he saw diversity as a reality. Very true. He was very clear about that. Well, define diversity. Because diversity today means something different than it would have meant then. Diversity of opinion. Of opinion, opinion, yes. That's correct. That is not a valuable See, thing anymore. Racial was irrelevant to him. Right, but I'm saying diversity of opinion is not something that, that those who believe in diversity strive for anymore. That's right. Diversity of opinion and of perspective know. And of background, which leads to that. So he it, background of itself was irrelevant, but the, it leads to this diversity of opinion and interest. Mm-hmm. Self-interest comes to that. Yes, but as we've discussed, though, too, he is living in a society that has serious fences. Oh, yes. That's correct. That's right. Uh, fences, blinders, all kinds of things. Which they saw as... See, here's where... They saw it right. They saw it as a good thing. It is a class If you don't have the peasants who are very good at what they do, uh, to to be the farmers, to be the workers, to be... The stonemasons. The stonemasons, all those things, those trades and those... those, uh, You know, their position in society is... Enormous because there's so many of them. They are the most numerous, but there's a reason they're at the bottom of the rung is because they must be continuing to do that. Otherwise, the rest of none of society functions, not just themselves, but everything else. You know, if the peasants don't go do dirty things, I can't sit in Paris and write. Well, exactly. And and it's not just that, it's the peasants themselves would starve. Right, it's, it's, sure. It's, it's not meant to... you can't go down to the local grocery store. Well, that's correct, because it's, it, it's really meant to be a bit altruistic here. It's yeah. Everybody has their function. Yes, and but it's really easy for the functions. people at the top to say that. Because well, they only, can choose their function. And they're the only... Well, 
But then again, but it, right? Because I mean, not really. Has, yeah, you're born into it. Well, you're you're born into your your particular economic because these are a largely economic division. That's yeah. correct. Based it's, on racial some is, hereditary, racial is pretty much irrelevant because it's pretty yeah. homogeneous at this point. But the, based on some hereditary factors, and it is the money that allows you to choose. Well, I'm going to go to Paris and write, or I'm going to own a fleet right. of merchant ships, yeah, or I mean, whatever. He, he has he is has the opportunity. To be very well educated, yeah. because of his position in society. Correct. That's right. The people who are entering his piss pods don't have <laughs> those opportunities to become very well educated. Good. This is very they, good. They don't even have a pot to piss in. They all they can do is just endeavor to change his. Right. Yeah. I mean, Use his occasionally. Have, they may have talent and ability. But no one will ever know. And but they're but not in it, a position but in then society. Either because of to, lack of education, they may not. And see, that's there's a talent and built in ability have only a yes. small relationship to and, education. And I, and I know that I'm kind of I'm kind of laying it out that way. Is that that's their belief? Is that there is it is not something that's possible for these people. They are I don't want to say subhuman because they don't go that far. They believe well, it, that's not in their language. That's right. But I think that is what they mean. There's some truth to that. I mean, that's because, what I want to explore. Well, because there is, the way they would put it is, they're betters. We are their betters. That's right. And that, by definition, is talking about worth of the individual. That right. makes them subhuman. So they may not so, use yeah, the language, they use language but, but right. that is, yeah. I think, the thinking behind there, it. You know, there's justice for you know yeah. certain individuals. And, and for Hobbes, and again, we want, we want to focus on his political philosophy here. Right. For Hobbes... He does not have a problem with the class structure of his society. No, it's 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 what gives it order. Yeah, which is what his ultimate goal is: is that everything is safe for everybody. See, and and that's making me have a sympathy for Marx because he wanted to destroy those classes, and that's having which me have in sympathy Hobbes for Marx would lead is to a, outer anarchy and destruction yes, but and is bad. No, no, no. I don't think so. You don't think so. No, well, if Hobbes is honest, okay, it wouldn't because he should be against those classes because those are factions. Ooh, really? Okay. So he's not honest with himself, but I think I think I covered that in the last episode. You did, you did. He is you not. See those as factions. Well, ultimately, in practical speaking, yeah, they, they come out that way, right? Because and of course he's a little early for popular revolutions. That yes. see, this, he doesn't conceive of that. For him, revolutions are. What the English went through is royalist versus... One, yeah, well, that's one group of rich people fighting another group of exactly. rich people. Exactly. That's exactly... The concept of a popular revolution is... I don't think Hobbes would even think of that. He, he, it, no, there'd be no way for him to even... There's, there's no point of reference for that. Yeah, there, exactly. Because there is exactly. no... The, the no closest you might get would be to the moments like Cade's Rebellion during the War of the Roses yes, and things uh, like that. Watt Tyler and Watt stuff Tyler like that. Watt Tyler and those small insur- civil insurrections and that would happen. And even that's 300 years before that's all right. of this. And, I mean, and that's right. And they were... They were Flash in the pans moments the government would Well, that's because control. they always failed. That's correct. Ours, the well, they first. Were, they were never large level. enough. They were never popular enough, or beyond. Let's go. Let's go. Take some booty. Right. What? What? That's revenge. Yeah. Revenge. Again, whatever. But the revolution American Revolution revenge. is the first and only one that has been uh, truly successful in that sense. Because even the French Revolution, fifteen twenty years later, 
is about revenge. That's yeah. and that's exactly where I was going to go on it. Is but it was a class based revenge. It was yeah. class based revolution, which is something Hobbes would shake in his boots at. He would never think that's possible. Even the one in the U.S. was not truly. It wasn't class based, and it. It wasn't entirely a popular revolution. It ended up being that. It became I mean, that. It's, but it's, it started out with a bunch of rich guys being pissed off because they didn't have any say in, in British government. Right. I mean, it, it's the first and only middle class revolution. Oh, that's, yes, that's the best way to put it, yes. And I mean, it became that. It didn't start there, but it eventually Well, no, I think, I think there's yeah. a lot to that. Yeah. I mean, it's they're landowners, but they're not hereditary landowners. That's right. So they, they, they have no titles, right? I mean, yeah. it's so, yeah, they so, are they are getting there by their own merits and keeping but it by they that are, too. Yeah, they are rich by that definition. So it, it is a revolution of the rich, but not but a, not the super rich. Yeah, not but, the but not, not the a small small percentage of it, people. It was people who came up to that point, so they understood so that with the certain qualities, you didn't have to stay. In that class, well, there was an ability. There was an ability for upward. There was a possibility yes, for a upward possibility mobility. Well, yes, in the American Revolution, that was not present in the French Revolution, and it's kind of where Hobbes would go with this. Is because but it could have been. It could have been. Oh, the, well, the closest contemporary example to what you're talking about, and it wasn't really, would be the Fronde. Uh, when Louis the Fourteenth in the early 1600s was a child, when the, but it was a Paris-based. Revolution that almost overthrew the government. They broke into his freaking bedroom, mind you. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it, that's one of the reasons that, because Louis was in many respects the archetype for that enlightened despot. Because that that's, Hobbes is that's about. where Hobbes is living. That's, it's right. He's seeing all this, and because well, from a, from a from a from a perspective of, and we talked about this in our Louis the Fourteenth episode, they're freaking firing on all cylinders. France is at the apex of European. Society, it is the culture, most history, culture, everything, power. all of it. They are the most powerful force on the continent, and in but France is unique. So, and it's unique in this yes. sense. All right, so it's unique in the sense that all of their revolutions begin and end in Paris. That's right. Because he who controls Paris controls France, which is the reason Louis went to Versailles. Right to Versailles. That's right, because right. he was able to, because because of his. Family but that's my point, though, is that, you know, a pot, so the the French Revolution does begin in France, because that is where the Bastille is. That's right. Yeah. And it it starts there, because even though he's in Versailles, yeah. really, the place is still run from, from Paris. He's just smart enough not to be in town all the time. That's right. Yes, exactly. Um, so you don't necessarily have to have a true popular revolution in the sense like we had across the entire breadth of the 13 colonies. Because right? we had we had fluid class structures, whereas they were... Well, it's not so much that, but there's there. a... there's a it, It's partially... It's the rise of mercantilism, yeah. which is why we, which is it's what, a middle class. Which is what enabled that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, because without that, there is no fluidity. Because, you know, they were doing all the things that needed to be done, according to Hobbes. You know, the, you know people got to eat, people got to be able to build houses... You know, you got to be able to craft that gold goblet for me to drink out of and, and right. stuff like that. Blacksmiths, um, stonemasons, you name it. But they were self-directed as opposed to being directed by the local lord. Or if we want to go the Scottish route, laird. Yeah. yeah. But lad. that morphs over time because so much patronage comes, and Louis was one of the big ones on this, where so m- the only way to really rise was to become uh, have the king as your patron. 
because that's right. where the, that's the source and, and summit of all. Right. And, then, and again, that's that goes back Hobbes, to the Leviathan of, of Hobbes. Yes. Is you've got one guy. So that's let, yeah, let's let's let's, let's make that a little clearer because we, we've hit a lot of consequences of Hobbes here. Yeah, but you know where he again Leviathan the masterwork. He is coming from this milieu of the of the English Civil War. You just love that word. So his idea is is that security is the highest goal. That's right. And to achieve that, then you must have this absolute sovereign. And therefore, you are your allegiance is then owed to that sovereign to guarantee your safety. Correct. So and your prosperity. What, whatever, from, from yeah. There, and so there. whatever the sovereign wants, the sovereign gets. Right. Yeah. Antithetical to the notion of Parliament should have a say. So yeah, part, well, yeah, part of his, where his yeah. mind, Parliament having a say, is what caused all the problems. Right. So where he sure. is is even though France has parliaments too. Yeah. If the but sovereign they're, needs they're, more money, exactly. they're they're emasculated. They're yeah. they're impotent. Yeah. If for Hobbes, at this time, if the sovereign needs more money, then pony it up, yeah. and don't question. Right. Whereas Parliament viewed their role as questioning. Well, because the whole and, point and of the Parliament ass, yeah, yeah. assigning the you know, taxation has to go yeah. back to the Magna Carta. It yeah. was to ensure the rights of the landowners against the king. That's, yeah. exactly. that's why Parliament exists. Right. That's and right. Hobbes is wanting to over, you know, to him that should be thrown out. The yeah, Magna Carta should be thrown it. out. That's right. Whatever the sovereign needs, we are to provide. Because he believes it to always be good. Very important. In the and huge flaw in all, yeah, in all of Leviathan, then, is this despot, this absolute sovereign, enlightened despot is the word yeah, that he uses. You know, needs to have that authority to take whatever you have, because he to may do, need it. Yeah, to guarantee your safety. In the Which end. is kind of interesting in many ways. I'm surprised Hobbes actually went that far with this, because at this time in the 1600s. One of the things that every sovereign did every which way is external wars. Yes, that is not some that, that to me that seems antithetical to Hobbes's keeping the people safe routine uh, understanding because you have this that presumes then in this in this context and we're all about context is that if the king needs you to fight his foreign wars, that's not your choice. You pony up, you show up, and you go die yeah. if he says so. Because it's for the greater glory of the state. Yeah. Well, the state being defined by the king. It's correct. They are and, one and the same. And, of course, Britain being an island and not having that constant threat of someone crossing a border like you would on the continent. Except the Scots. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that adds blinkers to his thinking. Yes, because it was much more difficult for the English to go on foreign expeditions. Now, it's not to say they didn't, but it was mostly to Normandy and the, the, the coasts of France. Well, which is kind of and, ironic and to me. Because, and vice versa. Yeah. But you know, he spends his time in France. This is during the Thirty Years' Wars. This is during the Wars of Religion. There, I mean, there's constant warfare but all over But in that France, yeah. when he's there, is relatively not involved. Okay, because he's the, there the in the right. 1630s. That's right. See, France is funding the King of Sweden and others, oddly yeah. enough, against the other great Catholic powers because he sees because Richelieu sees the Catholic powers as a threat to his own Catholic power. Yeah, because this is the time of Louis the Thirteenth. 
Yes. Where things are a little, you know, yeah. it, this is not, this is prior to all that which would come. It's interesting how much of our discussions come back to the time of the wars, uh, the yeah. Thirty Years' War yeah. in this yeah. time. Yeah, 1600s. Yeah. It's yeah. So it, it's kind of that, it's kind of the spark in many ways that, that created the, the world we live in. Right. I mean, and, and again, he's right in the middle of it because he is, he's a tutor uh, and, and a and a uh, a figure in the lives of tutor, not Tudor. Yes, yes. Tudor. He, he is. He, he's educating, um, you know, who the people who would eventually be Charles the Second and James the Second. That's right. You know, he he is right there with them uh, in all of this. Um, you know, in the uh, in these consumed by religion and. You know, you can't be the king, you can't be the monarch if you're a Catholic, and, and oh, holy smokes, they've just had a baby, and the baby's going to be a Catholic, so we've got to knock this guy out. Well, yeah, which business. was, you know, post-Hobbs, but, you know, you're talking about, you know, because this takes place over, what, 60 years or so. Yeah. That you've got he, he's right in the middle with these same people. Right. Uh, you know, who, who would eventually take England in this direction. Uh, and, 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 again, that... that Fighting a war over religion just—it's just, it's just a, a crazy notion, you know, to us. That, right. Yeah. They did it all the time. That's right because you, you had to. Because well, when you saw when it faith as faith versus them is the form of uh, is when you're when your king is king because of divine right. Yeah. You know that the the religious aspect of, of all of this comes. Yeah. Into then play. the religion that, has that's to where be it comes infallible. to that, that's, yeah. which is kind of that uh, inherent. Fatal flaw, that drop of poison in the whole idea of the divine right of kings is well, when the king can change his divinity, so to speak, at will, depending yeah. on because you have two where you only have one form of divinity before that's pretty easy, it works. But when all of a sudden you have two competing forms or more or more, yeah, then all of a sudden you've got a problem, and that's where in all these wars of religion come about, especially when certain countries, which already have access to ground against the others, are of a different religion. That just gives you more. So in many respects, it's it's a cheat. It's a we. It's a reason to bring yes. about a war that you couldn't have got them to give you. Uh, support for otherwise. Yes. But now that it's a war of religion, yeah. all of a sudden you got you got a tool. The yeah. Protestant Revolution was a an excuse for northern monarchs to go to war against others. That's bing bing bing. That's exactly. And they clothed it in sometimes appropriate criticisms yeah. of what was going on in the Catholic Church, but they used it for selfish means. That's right. We we have the ability to gain over this. Yes, they and, saw Henry throw off the church in England and not suffer for it. Other than the fact they didn't get a boy. Yeah, but well, the one he did died. Right, but ultimately he he succeeded, and there was peace and prosperity as a result. Well, maybe this Protestant business is not so bad. Exactly. Exactly. And yes. of course, since England did it, France is saying, "Well, wow, I'm a Catholic. Don't you have England? You know, we are." Sometimes it's really that. It's, you know, because our mortal enemy is one, we will always stay the other. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, and the, but also the clerics in France had always had a much larger hand in running the government. Because, I mean, that's why a clerk, you know, the Jefferson County Clerk's Office, yeah. the clerk comes from cleric. That's right. Yes. That's where those things came that's, from. Yeah. Ironically. And, uh, but, you know, England did too. Wolsey was chancellor before he was, Henry. But, so, 
but and they 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 deliberately and bloodily threw that off. Uh, and that's one of the things that's going, and we're going but, back. Yeah, into but that. even the Norman form of government, even at the beginning, was more secular and separate than every priest had a role in the government. France really did become where it was clerics fun. seriously had a ton of authority within the tax structure and everything, the justice structure that didn't occur in, in Britain. And some of that is Magna Carta. Some of that, yes. is, there's, there's other pieces that... Because the of, local counts and dukes had a great deal of power within their own fiefdom. Yeah. And but then, even the judicial for, system well, France, is separate to France a degree yes. that it's not too, But yet, and then here's just kind of the irony of it. England went one way, France went the other way, and they kind of did it on their own. They weren't doing it as a reaction so much so well. They're doing it this way, we're going to do it this way. And that's kind of, there was a far more secular underpinnings in England than there ever was in France. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of a an interesting dichotomy. Uh, another word. Drink. Oh, okay, okay. There we go. Oh, I just took word. mine a second ago. I'm yeah, not that's okay. That's dichotomy. Right. Another one of those excellent Well, well you know, we're at, we're at 36 minutes anyway, so... Uh, that's a good bourbon break. Yes, yes, break. yes all right. Let's do bourbon break. Uh, so I poured a glass of Francis's uh, Henry McKenna. Uh, oh, you did? Oh, that's are, right. You, you, we are you kicking our, our heels back in uh, Studio F here. Johnny's game room down the hall from Reed's lab. The, the next door, door the the we, yeah. we keep the bourbon in Reed's lab because it's secure. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's supposed to be anyway. Yes. Uh, and this Henry McKenna, again, another moderate price point deal that is really good. Uh, gets rave reviews and uh, very smooth, very nice, uh, mellow, uh, woodsy uh, bourbon here. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I went to the uh, 1897 version of the... Uh, Good, you tried it this time. Yes, yeah, of so the old Forester that, that uh, you guys did the last time. And uh, my very first sip, which had had, had chilled just enough, Yeah. Uh, but not really a whole lot of the ice would have melted yet, so it would have been just a hint of that. But the very first drink was just a huge explosion of, of sweetness mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, I don't taste as much now that it is diluted, because uh, the ice is totally melted. Yeah. Uh, but I really liked that. I wouldn't say that I would want to do it with um, uh, just the steel balls or the, the soapstone, because I think you still need that water to help dilute. But I think I would do, ideally with that one, a splash of water with the steel cubes or balls. Yeah. Okay. I think it would be right. ideal. Yeah. Because you want to chill it, but not dilute it too much. Because I really like that that fruitiness. I mean, normally I'm not real big on, on on necessarily having that sweetness in my, but that was just really good. Really like that. I mean, this is still a very good bourbon. Um, oh yeah, there's. A, uh, I like your word explosion in the mouth. It really is that. It's definitely a mouth because I'm drinking the same thing. Yes, it's definitely a mouth centered bourbon because we've had them all over the boards, of course, as they mm -hmm. always are. Uh, I like that. It's it's self-contained. It's right there, and it creeps to the back. I don't know if yes, you noticed yes. that. It creeps backwards. Most of them it. will do that uh, in some way, uh, but this one doesn't go much beyond the mouth. Correct. It's, it, you don't feel it in the esophagus. You don't feel it in your sinuses. It's just... Yeah. I mean, yeah, you probably get a little bit here in the stomach, but, yeah. uh, you know, it, by, by the time it gets down there, you're pretty much done. It's, it's still up here. And it sticks around for a while, yeah. which I kind of like that. I do, too. It helps make it a good sipping bourbon. Very much so. Yes, you, you, your that's your intention is to is to keep that going on here. Hundred proof. You know, it's got some it's got some bite to it. So both the one fifteen nineteen twenty yeah and the hundred proof 
1897. 1897. Yeah. Both good. Both nice sweetness. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> Differences? Uh, this one is a little bit, because uh, the proof is different, it's not quite as powerful. As I would call it smoother. That's a good word. That's a very good word. <clears throat> yes. uh, because it, it's, it doesn't have that... Uh, when I talk about bite, I mean that, um, that hit you get. Because uh, again, yeah. sometimes I call it harshness, but that's only because uh, it, it's, a, it's such a strong presence yeah. on the tongue or in the palate or in the throat, wherever. Um, and sometimes it's jarring. It's sudden at times, yes. Yes. And that bit of jarring that you get with the 1920 is more distinct than you get with the 1897. Yeah. That's right. why I call the 1897 smoother. Yeah. I would probably go with the 1897 before the, the other one, but not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like that 1920. I like yeah. that. Oh, I like yeah, them it's both. Just, it's like it's full-leaded. It's like the, the training wheels are off, boys, and you're at full throttle. That's yeah. something something to that. I, I thought it had more complex flavor with the, a little bit of chocolate, and I thought the 1897 was more of a singular note, less complex. Both, though, both very good, both sweet. Yes, complexity doesn't necessarily mean better. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just what you like. Yeah. Uh, this was, you know, more of a singular note to its flavor. So. Very good. Very good. Well, I like nice. that, gentlemen. All right. So, All right. back let's, to Hobbes. Let's yes. keep going, man. So, the real question, I think, about Hobbes is this. When did he meet Calvin? Oh, wait, different Hobbes. Sorry. Sorry. Well, you know, the Calvinism and all that stuff, that's actually going on right it, around this It is. It is. It is an era of, of just this huge tumult. And he is reacting to that tumult. And that's exactly right, because it's not just what's going on in England. It's yes. the whole Well, for him, you know, he, he did the grand tour of Europe before the Thirty Years' War began. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he would have seen all of that stuff brewing and bubbling up, I'm sure. Uh, but what he's most exposed to... There isn't that religious strife going on because pretty much it's done in England. The Catholics have yeah. lost yeah. and they're in hiding. That's right. Yeah. And in France, point. the Catholics have won and they're not in hiding. Uh, but they're still very much royalists. So that's why... It... Very much so. This is before Louis begins his wars against the Protestants. This yes. Is, there, there's actually a fairly good... That's countryside. Yeah, that you know the Huguenots are not. That's like more towards uh, Switzerland. That's right. That's so exactly. you know, it's it's not where he's going to be in in Paris. Paris is still going to be strongly Catholic. It, it is, but there's peace. Well, yeah, but that's my point. Yes, there's peace. That's why I said there's not the strife that's going that's on exactly. in the rest yeah. of We're Europe. We're saying the same thing. Exactly. So perfect. He's yes. You just need to pay more attention. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, so you know, there's all that stuff going on, but he still he's only going to be seeing. The, the issues going on in England through the aspect of government. Faith is not going to play a card in this at all. Matter of fact, he was accused of atheism uh, at oh, one point. Yeah. That's right, uh, yeah. But not necessarily atheism as we think of it today. Because an atheist back then could have just been uh, somebody who believed in God, but not necessarily your particular God. Or virtually. Right, like that's right, yes. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting. Because, now granted, you know, we don't have 
copies of Le- Leviathan here to, to skim through. Actually, it's on my shelf in the other room. Yeah, but, well, uh, we don't have them here, is my point. Yeah, and I've got uh, electronic copies, and uh, of course, as usual, I prepared strongly. <coughs> um, but he's mainly known, though, for the political works, and even the wiki page, which, you know, wiki is, Wikipedia is not the, your best source for everything, but it usually gives a pretty broad overview of most. Yeah, but exactly. it's pretty short on him. It, it which is. I found kind of surprising. And it's a very high-level bits of his life and really doesn't even go into his political philosophy, at least on his main page, as yeah. much as I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, well, you've got to jump into really studying Leviathan. That's yeah, yeah. exactly it. That's, um, that's really where it's at. That's where it all comes from. That's where so much of this is And about. he wrote a lot more than that. So it's in a way, it's... Uh, you know, it... it Really, the wiki does, I think, some disservice because it focus where it does reference things like it focuses Leviathan, links to that, but there's a lot more to what he wrote than that. Yeah. But let me, let me, I want to put this to Francis real quick um, because I think you were the one that used the term mechanistic understanding of human nature. Yes, That's really, where this is flowing from again because he he's saying this is necessary because if we don't do it. Everything falls apart. But there's you there's use no that in, art. There's no, no trade. No nothing. Right. But you use that in reference to a later philosopher, Dewey. Dewey. That yes. Correct. Yes. yes. Just, mechanism, and and I'm stealing from my one of my professors at Saint Minor, the late Mister Gil Ring, who was a legend up there, mind you. Mm-hmm. I had him for uh, not modern philosophy. Ironically, I had him for medieval and I had him for ancient. But he was very, I mean, he spoke a lot on Dewey in particular. But Hobbes falls right into that. Yes, yes. And this is, um, this is me speaking here. But yes, but what, yes, yeah, so that's what I want you well, to do. Right. Go, go Let me speak here. Year. Mechanism is the belief that everything in the human person is a function of the biology, these are not Hobbes's words, but this is the type of thing he was talking No, but Hobbes about. has some, some very distinct quotes on that, because right. he talks about the body. If it's we, not a right. body, it doesn't that's exist. That's exactly right, it, it, which is amazing considering he's really at the, you know, he's Renaissance time, but science really isn't a thing at this point, at, at the best. But it's it, it's why Dewey kind of becomes the guy at the end. Mm-hmm. Mechanism is, we, in other words, the concept of soul or spirit, or anything greater. In other words, the reason that you think is because your brain is set that way, and you remove that those pieces of your biology, and it's no longer there. So he's very much a Descartes man, I think, therefore I am? Or is it, I am, therefore I think? I am, therefore I think. Uh, because in his mind, that, that mechanism is, if you damage the brain or remove parts of the brain, the person no longer exists. Well, there, there is no such thing as a soul for a mechanist. And that's what he's thinking here is we are, and there's also no sense of eternity. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. The kings have a divine right to rule, but there is no divine. Well, well I don't know that he's necessarily saying that. He's um, not, but that's that's where mechanism eventually yeah, goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, it's very much a uh, materialistic exactly uh, it. Uh, view of the world. Yeah, that's right. And you I don't mean that by acquisition yeah. of wealth. Which, I mean, it's just... What you, what is real is only what you can touch. That's in, which is very yeah. much in line with the modern atheistic viewpoint. Yes, it's fully mechanistic. In other words, there is no such thing as the soul. There is nothing greater than what can be measured. If it's not science, it doesn't exist. Therefore, the entire concept of faith or belief in a higher power is not only irrelevant 
and wrong. It's but, harmful to society. Harmful. There's there. That's that's when you get into uh, Christopher Hitchens and Richard Dawkins. Dawkins in particular. Uh, I've read some of Hitchens in recent days. He's one of those. He's more on the line of live and let live. I think it's wrong. I'll tell you it's wrong, but I'm not going to tell you you can't do it. Dawkins thinks that needs that it needs to be destroyed because it's bad. Uh, the belief in God and a higher purpose because they're coming from the idea of mechanism is well, and all we are is a function you're, of you're, the biology. You're, yeah, you're well, no more than the sum of your cells. That's, and, that are they? Great. But is he is he truly coming from that or is he coming from just the complete individualistic approach? Because the, the complete into individualistic approach is the same way. Religion must be gotten rid of because it imposes upon my own personal desires. Hobbes wouldn't have been in part of that. Dewey less no, so. No, but, but that's where we. That's where Dawkins certainly right. Is. That's where the again. That's the logical end. Teleologically speaking, is you're this. exactly right as usual. So uh, that is uh, ultimately that also allows you to do as you will. There's mill for you. Yeah, because. All we are is just a perfectly functioning, synchronistic, biological meat sack that there's nothing more that's than that. That's probably not a direct quote. No, it is not. But that's kind of, that, that's me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Exactly it. But that's, it's the essential so meaning. In other words, once you have removed, say, the parts of the brain that don't count, there's nothing to care about anymore. You're just a husk. Well, I think... Uh, there's no such thing as soul. There's no such thing as I spirit. I think more appropriately, no it's not... You know, that may be how you define, you know, if a person gets kicked in the head by a mule and you go into a coma, you're no longer a person. That's... That, that, that would be the practical of example that's of, part of that, that time. That's right. But the whole thing, like with Mill, uh, you know, or Dawkins, if you want to get rid of God, uh, or any type of religion, to me, that goes back to some of the... Uh, dichotomies. There's that word again. Yeah. Oh yeah. With with Hobbes and, and all of these, because Hobbes on the one hand wants that strong government in the form of um, uh, the the supreme sovereign, but on the other hand, you know, it, it's you're saying, well, then he decides what's right and wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. you see that. Right. Because you, you see you that are, you, you are so, something that's. A function, uh, you take that mechanistic function of the human person and you expand it forward into right. the function of society. Because you're, because you're That's no where Hobbes more, comes in. yeah, Hobbes. Is, because you're no more than a meat sack, it doesn't matter anyway. Let's stay safe and cede all of your liberty to the sovereign. Not all. That's, but what, a, you, a, a that's what you portion. owe. Well, but whatever he wants, whatever he desires, that's right. He gets it. So where does that leave us, man? Well, Hobbes was a product of his time. Of course, we all recognize that. Well, we all are. I mean, it's almost a redundant statement. It, it it's is. a given. But bearing in mind how far away that is, when we look at that, we, th we think of his philosophy as rather, well, let's just dismiss that. We don't recognize the foundational level of it in many respects because his understanding of humanity is the foundation for what comes later. This whole mechanistic approach, what we were just talking about, that's where where's that come from? That's that's Hobbes very much saying right. we and, are and, functions of our biology. That's what right. I like to say. So I mean, when you start there, like I said, you go straight to Marx, Lenin, Stalin. In that the state doesn't serve the person; the person serves the state. Because there is no such thing as the concept of sanctity or dignity of the human person becomes irrelevant. 
when you have a mechanistic approach. Well, that's not entirely true. The sanctity and dignity of the human person is important, but only for the sovereign. Well, yeah, in in the function that they serve for the society. Yeah, but I mean, but that's very important because, again, uh, not to be redundant, but the sovereign is king, you know. That is the correct. sovereign is the most because as, as Martin as you said whatever the sovereign wants the sovereign gets yeah, because the yeah. sovereign must have the peasants working the farms in order to yes. have anything yes. of value all the wealth is generated and, and, and subsistence right. is again, generated so, again, at that lowest is, level it of it society is very much for Hobbes whatever needs to be surrendered to the sovereign that the sovereign desires do it Pony so it because saying, he knows best you're saying today he would be a democrat yes okay that's what I thought <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he ultimately believes the state is supreme. Would he, I mean, they just define it as a person. Yeah, I mean, he would he be a, a Hobbes would be, uh, I think, firmly in this progressive. Let's do some. Uh, well, it's a very executive order uh, oh, thing and yeah. get it done. Well, it's very much a progressive mindset to say, "I know best." I know best, which is so at odds with what people think progressivism. Well, Hobbes should be the poster boy because, in many respects, he's saying because you will it, because you know what's best. There's those two categories. Well, you as in the sovereign. You as in the sovereign, but that's the state, which in our case has evolved into a different format, but still is the same yes, well, approach. He, well, he would, he, but he would condemn the way we separate powers and create the factions. Perhaps, so. but ultimately, the well, state, no, I mean that was his quote in the last right, episode. Yeah, I mean, but the state still is an omnipresent force, no matter yes, how it got there. Yes, and yes. that state, ever how it arrived, must be obeyed at all costs he, he because it is a divine right. No value in the separation of powers. Correct, and he would discard. He would see no value in Congress, which yeah. actually I would agree with him. Yes, yeah. 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 that, that regards to the generative side of government, not the functional side of government. Right, although somewhat, he, he would discard Congress and just okay, Mr. President, whoever that is, right. write us some executive orders and let's get this done because the safety of the people depend on it. Right. And exactly. as we know, safety is the last bastion of the scoundrel. Oh, very <laughs> nice, very nice. Oh, my gosh, he did it. We bow to you, sir. That is. Should we finish on that now? No, well, I, I, I have one thing to say. And hold that for just two seconds because ultimately that is the same thing we face today, security versus liberty. Yeah, we're well, willing to sacrifice the, the one. That's not just today. That's correct. I mean, that that's, still happens to be at, at every age. That is always age. the question when it security comes to yeah. government: security versus they are liberty. in opposition to each other. Uh, the strengthening of one means the lessening of the other. Right. It is the it is one of the few places where I recognize a zero sum game. That's right. You cannot strengthen government and individual liberty at the same time. That's right. It is. I defy anyone to show me a legitimate example. And listeners, if you can. I will take it back, but, but I don't I'm, think you I'm, will. I'm there you totally go. with you on a that. Challenge you, to the outer rights. But you, were, right. you were about to say. So what I want to recognize, because again, yeah, I, I think we've done a fairly good job of kind of bashing him in his positions. I'd say that of the three, none of the three of us are truly great fans, though we recognize contribution. Oh, absolutely. Which is yeah, entirely different. Right. You have to understand when you build a positive like where we are. You have to understand the negative where you started from. Right. Right. So what, yeah, but I, what I do want to recognize so much of what we came from yeah. is that the modern state very much is modeled on his ideal, meaning that there's somebody. In which case, whether it's granted, there are multiple somebodies in the modern state, yeah. but essentially somebody above you, the peasant, 
which is what most people are. Yeah. It would be I, the, the bureaucracy has taken the place. Yes, because the it is so large. Well, I mean, and ironically, that's what the Leviathan means. It's the head was the head of the state, but the body was all the bureaucracy that went with that. That's the actual so, image he used. So the the modern state, whether it's the United States, whether it's France, England, Germany, the EU, know, the EU. Oh, the EU is a great example. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. uh, nothing but the Leviathan is. Is very much he would recognize it in modern government at Absolutely. all levels, That's even right. at the local level. It has the tendency to that Leviathan esque uh, propensity yeah. because Which he saw as a good, as an ultimate he would good. Love the EU, yeah, yeah, he would. But I mean, but he probably wouldn't love you know like the local city council passing all these laws to. to you know, he's like because it would be in opposition to the larger. Well, it wouldn't necessarily be in opposition, but he probably see it as redundant. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, same thing. That's so, true. yeah. You know, well, no, it's not because redundant but, and opposition are not the same. No, thing. I don't mean that. I mean that he would definitely find so, issues with both. You know, it, in many ways, even though I don't, I don't like a lot of what he says should be. Yeah. Uh, I do recognize that a lot of what he says is where we are. It's important to understand it, and know it. Yeah. So that you can sharpen the blade of the counter argument. Yes. Well, exactly, and recognize that because that's where you start with that enlightened despot, even though that's not where we are, yeah. and we think, we think there are safeguards in place, ah. how strong are they? Because if that's the underlying philosophy, you can still end up, even in this country, with a true dictator. Now, that presumes there would be some breakdown of those safeguards we, we believe we have in place. Yeah. But... Yeah, exchange of power being in particular the one, yeah. Right, because there's no way he ever could have conceived as a peaceful transition of power from one opponent to the next. Yeah. Because we are, the United States is the first time that ever happened. It, yeah. Yeah. And, and it only, only death led to transitions of power. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, and, still somewhat unique. It, it, unfortunately, it's still somewhat unique, yeah. Everywhere that it needs to. So, you know, in many ways, we owe a lot to him, but we also. Uh, you know, should fear a lot of what he uh, yeah. stands for. Because we've seen examples of it. Right. Yes. Well, and we are... Government itself, even though it's not one person, the bureaucracy and everything, it, it, it eats away at those individual liberties constantly. Mm -hmm. Constantly. So that at some point, the Leviathan that he envisions could become reality. Because mm -hmm. when that's the underlying and undergirding philosophy of government, which is pretty much where we are, that's right. Even though we've got the, I don't want to say the facade, even though it's built on the skeleton of separation of powers and such, uh, we, we don't really work that way exactly That's anymore. right. That's the, in many respects, we could say that's the only thing that saves us from true tyranny. Is that separation of powers? Power. Oh, separation, the, yes. separation of powers and transition of and, and, and peaceful transition, a scheduled peaceful transition. Correct. That's, I think that's the, the most important right. We thing. haven't said that, but you're exactly right. Because in many respects, any president can become a dictator for four years. To a certain point. To a certain point. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, and that's and therein lies how far is that to be pushed. Executive orders are just the obvious way. Yeah. There are, are there there are many others well, that are possible. Even in the military in the U.S., we have a long history of, you know, it's like foreign advisors in the the revolution, mm -hmm. and others. You know, when we work with multinational forces. Uh, probably less so today because we're we're far more uh, strict. But you know they always complain about you always had to explain everything to the to the Americans before they would do anything. That's right. You know they wouldn't just obey. Yeah, yeah. The the, the famous uh, 
problem with with the, the foreign trainers, uh, the foreign officers from from continental Europe. Yeah, uh, training revolutionary. Von Steuben. Yeah, he wrote it in his diary. Yeah, that, right. That thing. Yeah, you, you have to tell you, them why. You have to explain everything to these Americans. They won't just obey your commands. See, that is the mindset. He's he's working from a Hobbesian mindset onto a very different one here in yeah. America that had evolved for whatever reason. Well, you know, distance different. and the fact that you had to be totally self-sufficient without the power of the state to, that's, that's, to even protect you. In, in many respects, you had to protect the power, yourself. The power of the state was non-existent in many respects here, yeah. here in, the, in, the, yeah, in that I, wilderness. America is founded, basically, the colonies even, are founded as a descent, uh, you know, from Hobbesian thought. Dissent. A dissent. Yeah, not, not, not dissent. Dissent. A but dissent. dissent. A, a yes. Brilliant, sir. That is a brilliant a dissent way. from Hobbes yes. and thought. It's not quite Lord of the Flies, but it's pretty darn close. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in I many think, cases. You know, that's that's a brilliant place to end this episode on. Thank actually. you. That's, that's very kind of you, sir. Well, yeah. Hey, you provided it. I'm just noting. The no, well, I think he's just hungry. Well, well he's, yeah, he's given me a lot of credit, and I wanted to appropriately express my gratitude. Well, well, you know, it was good. Honestly, I think the code of honor on him was a little bit better. But well, the two, this, the two but they, they're bookend pieces. I love the way we set yes. this up. That this we get two hours to work with any of these guys and all that they thought of. This That's is quite a bit, yes. This is just the first guy. Oh, yeah, I mean, because this, this, we're just a, a slice off the surface here. That's right. exactly right. So, There's so much more to go. Right. Francis, steal your line. Okay. What's next? Palate cleanse, gentlemen. Take a deep breath. Because we're going pop culture. So we're going to set aside all this hoi folloi uh, philosophical stuff. We're going to let our listeners have a break, and we're going to go into something. No more popcorn farts. No more popcorn farts. We're going to go back to. Uh, currently, we've been talking about great TV shows. You know, it's kind of been yeah. a motif. We're going to go to one of my favorites, and uh, I know one yeah. of your favorites. Yeah. yeah. Hello, we Seattle. Did. I'm listening. Yes, the great Fraser Crane. The great Fraser Crane. I want to be Fraser Crane so many ways. Uh, but we'll talk about that next yeah. episode. It's so great. Uh, it's. We love this television show. 11 years, not counting the Cheers creation before that. We're going to talk all about He's the our... wharf of that continuity. Yes, he is. He continues to give and gets better. We'll talk about Kelsey Grammer. We'll talk about all the cast, favorite episodes, the whole schmear. We're going to be here. You're going to love it. Be here next episode. Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes publish every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week. Same snake time, same otter channel.